Okay everyone, hello and welcome to Burley Fisher's Isolation Station. I am your host Dan Fuller, joined here with the man, the myth, the legend, Anthony Hurley. And how's it going? It's lovely to be here. I've missed you. I've missed you too. I've missed you too. Even though I saw you yesterday. It's been too long. <laughs> uh, we're here at Burley Fish HQ are riding high on our second place... Uh, with, I think, eight other books. Yeah. I love the way we decided we were the official second place because we posted it first. Uh, yeah. we, uh, we, we didn't win the uh, Independent Bookshop of the Year at the Book Awards and we are not bitter. That's yeah, book. I didn't lose any sleep last night. I didn't lose it. I didn't cry. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, congrats to the people at Seven Oaks for their victory, though. Um, very well deserved. Um, yeah, hats off. Hats off. And that is all I will say on the matter. Um, we have a pretty big guest with us today, don't we, Anne? Oh man, the biggest maybe. I think. I mean, for me, maybe. I'm not. Yeah, for me, perhaps. Um, I think we were both a bit starstruck when I we... was definitely a bit nervous. <laughs> so we had uh, Richard Dawson, the folk singer and modern troubadour of the downtrodden and the weird uh, and he very kindly gave us some time to talk about his music and his creative process and all sorts of other stuff and I, we were a little bit like rabbits in the headlights I think at one point as you will hear I said that Augustine Fernandez Mallo wrote the Nocia trilogy in and one I, sitting and I and I said his book The Things We've Seen was by Fernandez Augustus Mallo so we had a bit of a shocker on a, so big um, apologies to Fitzcarraldo <laughs> for, for screwing up your um, PR for that novel because it is so good. Um, yeah, we, but, and you'll hear Richard be like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, we we were just a bit starstruck. We're both massive fans, and the the talk's phenomenal. Um, we go from everything from how music can sound like the weather to <laughs> creative forests and Richard's potential spirit walking with Kazuo Ishiguro. So it's an amazing show and we're both really proud of it, even if we do both sound like a pair of numpties at times. <laughs> yeah, cool. So let's just pass on and let the show commence. Okay. Hi, Richard. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming on. That's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. How are things How are things up where you are? Yeah, okay. It's very sunny today. So the uh, my, my partner just made us some Welsh rabbit to have in the garden together, but I couldn't manage it because there was too many wasps around. So I just stood in a corner in some soil <laughs> and flapped around a bit. And, uh, yeah, that's about how the day is going. Very nice. So. And, and then I've been um, trying to make a, a radio program, but I sort of have the feeling like it makes me feel like I don't know anything about music and there's no there's no music that I like. So you, you kind of preempted one of the questions I was going to ask you there, uh, talking about the radio show. Is that Delight is Right on NTS? Uh, that's right, yeah. yeah. It's, um, I think this is the third one I'm making for this patch of, of six, maybe. 
and they're every month. But yeah, I just have this. It takes it so long to do it because I can't think of anything to to play, and I feel like I have no interest in music. Suddenly, <laughs> I mean, I definitely do. I'm pretty sure I like music, but just when I'm making it, I'm like I'm totally lost. Like I think because the I feel like I've played all of the good stuff before, you know, and I want to keep it sort of new, but I, I'm so out of touch. I'm such a fucking middle-aged fucking fart now. Sorry, am I allowed to swear? I just <laughs> yeah, swear I away, did. dude, swear away. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm so badly out of touch, and I guess I'm a bit grumpy because my back's sore. I think that's that's probably what's going on here. <laughs> uh, so. I, I also find like somehow like sometimes like the closer you are to something the more you kind of just get incredibly grumpy about it um i'm certainly the same with books and whatnot um really what, what do you mean well you know it's very easy to romanticize something when you're like not close in the nitty-gritty whether it's like any kind of creative activity and i don't know I oh yeah grumpier the closer my proximity do you mean uh reading or or writing both. <laughs> Both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I kind of, we wanted to kind of start just asking, like, kind of what you've been up to over lockdown. We wanted to start talking about bull bills. Um, is, that how, is that a correct pronunciation? I think it is. That's right, yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, we did, uh, so, so last year when lockdown happened, um, I, I was just about, it was a bit touch and go. Like we had a, I think uh, just, we were due to go to Italy for some shows out there just around the time Italy shut down. So before UK did, and it, it came just in the nick of time, otherwise we would have been a bit stuck. Um, but then all the, we were kind of waiting with bated breath for the UK shows and in the odd position of kind of, in the end, wishing that they would get shut down in time to not have to make kind of horrible decisions. Um, so yeah, it was really, it was like my busiest year that would had lined up partly just due to the nature of the last record I put out. Um, and it was kind of, you know, I could play more venue. It was a bit more appealing. I think the, the music than most of my stuff, uh, so suddenly found myself with all this time, but it just meant we could uh, fit in. I could I could uh, bring a lot of other things to completion faster than I was expecting, and um, and then like uh, yeah, bull bills. We started I think on the first day of lockdown. Me, me and Sally, my partner, and uh, just as a way to provide some structure for ourselves and. For friends, anyone who might be interested, and then it just kind of took a hold. Like uh, we were just doing it every night at the start for the first couple of months, I guess, or the first month and a half. It was, I so... remember. I remember. Um, it was a real like frenetic release schedule when you first started out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. about kept up. <laughs> just... Oh, good. Well done. So, like, yeah. So, are there any plans? So, you're continuing with that project, I think, the Kilman's Way was the last release. Put out, um, oh yeah, it's going to grow or um, what's the plan? Yeah, it was. Uh, oh God, me back. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> sorry. That's good. That's good stuff for the podcast, isn't it? Fucking yeah. hell. Um, so I'm just shifting positions. Uh, no 
Yeah, we we that was a few weeks ago that uh, that release. So we we've slowed right down, but I think we're going to do some more tonight. We've got half an album ready already. So uh, yeah, we just we just keep doing it. We need to get back on it really, but we've just been busy with some other things. So I was just wondering, yeah, how you kind of how you sort of approach that recording. Like, do you just kind of find your way? into the place where you record it, like whatever time, or do you, do you have like, you know, a structure around it or is it pretty f- free flowing and whenever feels good? And Yeah, a little, we tried to make it slightly different for each one, but then, you know, it was all pretty much the same. We, we didn't, I mean, we moved house now. We've, we're out, uh, I think I mentioned, um, we, uh, we moved uh, out to the nearby countryside and, November, so so we've slowed right down since then. But uh, um, we were doing it in the dining room of our last house. So, yeah, we just sort of assembled all the instruments. So we we just had it set up permanently. And oh, bless you, thank you. And uh, uh, and and yeah, just whatever was happening in or what we were reading or films we were watching or you know what was going on, kind of filtered into the tracks and we would talk about it before we set off but generally not plan musically maybe maybe we might have a couple of places that we might go to or a vague structure i think three or four of the albums we were a little bit more involved with like the uh i think it's number 30 or 40 the flight of the canada goose was quite complicated to to enact um but generally is what was the inspiration for that one do you remember at all well it was the the geese at Lisa's park close to where we lived in the west end in newcastle um there was some some geese with and we kind of would we were walking to the park quite often and they had eggs for a while they were incubating and then and then they hatched and so we we just really liked watching watching the geese and the swans as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of telling you fibs here uh, inadvertently. It was the swans who were hatching the eggs. My apologies. The, the swans were, were were nesting, but the geese visited at the same time. And uh, we just, yeah, we really loved seeing the geese particularly. Um, just just magic birds and, you know, chasing, chasing little kids around, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Always... Always good to see, um, yeah, good yeah. to see that. Because children are so ob- obnoxious. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. You're not wrong, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so you also released an album last year with Henna Bleds, your band, uh, which you also, I think you, yeah. you and Sally were in it with Roger Davis. And... That's right, yeah, and Dawn Bothwell. We were scheduled to have it mastered like two weeks after lockdown. Um, so we moved it forward and then it was quite exciting. It's such a crappy story. Yeah. Just forget about it. It's such a crap story. (laughs) Uh, But you've been productive. Yeah. Really, really productive with sort of bouts of total inertia. Um, I I think like quite a lot of people, uh, and this was almost felt like a taboo at first. I I really thrived for the first kind of couple of months of lockdown and threw myself into some projects and stuff and I, I had quite a big project going on I 
um, that that I could finish a lot sooner than I was expecting. So I got to write the lyrics and record the vocals for that. Um, but then I, I, rest- I started to struggle a bit when things got kind of foggier. And uh, so I had some kind of longish periods of not being productive. Um, but maybe that's natural as well like this natural ebb and flow to making stuff so um but yeah been been really busy recently and uh, you know that's that's good yeah can i ask what you've been busy with because we're all quite big fans here at burley fisher we're dying to know sure yeah no yeah i've been working on a record for the last the last sort of uh two and a Two and a half years, say, I've been working on a record with Circle. Oh, cool. Who are incredible. Yeah, amazing, amazing band. They're like one of my favorite ever bands. Um, um, so I've been, I, I'd went over to uh, Finland a few times and for recording and working with them. And luckily we had done most of the kind of, the, the recording that we needed to do together, together. Uh, but in January last year, I was last over there in in Pori, where you see the bassist and founder is from. Uh, and then, so it meant in, uh, I I was kind of not anticipating being able to get to the lyrics uh, for the last three songs until maybe like August and beyond last year. But actually, I got into it kind of April and May and recorded the vocals here at Blank Studio. Um, so kind of brought that to to where it needed to be a lot sooner, and then we've just been working on the mixes. With your approach to the lyrics, is it um, with Circle? Is it you just you, you went and tracked all the instrumental stuff, and then you're sort of listening to it, and are you coming at that from you know quite your own angle? But you're not you're not really collaborating with them on lyrics. That's all you, right? Yeah, not not quite like that. Uh, we talked a lot about it first, and um, kind of approached it really slowly. Uh, and then we started exchanging demos online, and just I sent a few ideas, and Yanni, the guitarist, sent some ideas, and Yussi, and then I started to work some of them up and to combine some of them and. Uh, think about some structures and stuff like that and I wrote some lyrics for two or three pieces I think maybe uh, and then so we got sort of we had some little seedlings and then I went over um, for a no, what was it I think I, I went over with the aim of yeah working some more on the things but they they built it around a concept that they had at sideways festival in helsinki which is this massive festival that happens in the in the national hockey arena and they had a set there and they'd sort of said well why don't why don't you come around that and maybe you could even appear you know and i'm thinking like oh great yeah i could come on and do like a one song with them something like that but i got there and uh, got in the practice room like two days before and it became evidently clear that they all expected me to do the whole set <laughs> with them like with 
as much new material as we could manage. Uh, and I'm just going like, this is impossible. It's completely insane. It's there's no way. I, and they were like, no, no, we we will do. We will do. Uh, okay. So we uh, so we had a mad couple of days, and then I was up on stage with my heroes uh, in front of the biggest crowd I've ever seen, and just <laughs> just thinking right. like uh, I remember like looking at. It was great, but it was also just like f- ridiculous. And the the moment just before the drums kicked in, the first track, there's like a little drum intro, and I just remember thinking, like, I, c- I can't remember any of these words. <laughs> I've, you know, I've had I've had a day to learn them, and then the drums started, and it was sort of seat of the pants stuff, but very exciting and very very happy. So so that's been going on, and. Uh, I find like the seas are quite choppy, so it'll be still one day. Emotion, emotionally, I'm talking about mentally. Uh, you know, like I, I'll go from calm to incredibly anxious really quickly, and I think that might be a sort of symptom of lockdown. I'm kind of gabbling here, anyway. How how has it been for for you guys? But like, I think I I totally get what you mean with the choppy waters and stuff. In that, like very odd mental headspace to be in you know when when you kind of i don't know ever either when all these similar days kind of melt into one another and trying to make your own spontaneity and not being able to engage with the world as it is it's, yeah it's very very strange and I'm, I'm becoming a bit frightened of it now <laughs> <laughs> i know what you mean it's I, f- I find things get magnified so certainly the anxious things and of course there's a lot yeah. to worry about at the minute but also like the good things get get magnified so it just yeah. feels like quite manic uh the ups and downs are really severe and i think that's probably just a, because there's a few uh few sort of landmarks in in time time marks um yeah what's what's been your best seller 50 shades of gray Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, been the bestseller. People have liked escapist stuff, I think. Um, uh, uh, it's really showing us how yeah. popular <laughs> our jobs. Um, <laughs> the things we've seen is a popular book. Oh, what? What? What is it? It's a uh, it's a novel in three parts by a Spanish writer, and it's completely it's completely batshit and amazing. <laughs> um, oh, that sounds good. He's a cool guy. He's like a physicist who kind of wrote these this trilogy of novels in like one sitting, and they're just like so. I think he wrote out there. one off on like a notepad in a hotel after he had a motorcycle accident. <laughs> yeah. it's just like wow. He's really cool. He's Did really you cool say he, he wrote it in yeah, one one sitting? I think like he wrote. The, I think he wrote the first of his trilogy in one sitting, just on this notepad, just when he was recovering from this wow. injury. Uh, you d- didn't yeah, even proper, like gosh. Anyways, no, no stops for for breakfast. <laughs> he starved himself. himself. <laughs> I like this story about. Do you know that book, The Codex Seraphinianus? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the the guy f- said he wrote it, but it was he had a white cat on that he met in the street, draped itself around his shoulders, and he believes that the, <laughs> the cat wrote the book. Really instructed him. I like this. I've heard that before. Oh, it's a magic book. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's in the like the special edition has a little story about it. But uh, 
I read this year, I've been reading Thomas Pynchon for about the last eight months, maybe just working yeah. my way through his books, and that's been absolutely amazing. Like, it, I think that's yeah. definitely been a boon of lockdown is just the afforded the headspace for these bigger books because they are quite challenging but they're <laughs> they're really amazing uh and but i also read the new kazuo ishiguro book clara clara oh, yeah, and the son yeah, yeah. and that's magic what do you think really great I, I loved it i think it's so it's such a high wire act he does of this like almost like naff language or like uh it's just so borderlining on like uh uh almost uh, how can I say like being too s- simplistic but it's it's really not it's so it's, it's just so yeah yeah but I, I think it's just so perfectly measured and the content of actually actually what's happening I think that's the re- the unusual thing for a writer is to write usually it's the other way around usually writers write a lot more than what's actually happening there's more words going on than there are things going on in people's minds and people's lives characters uh but i think it's the other way around with ishiguro he's very smart like uh so there's so much more going on than what he writes and that's an incredible art so i really i liked it a lot have you read the very giant of his yeah i really love that as well i was destroyed by the end of it i was um i was excuse me i've just belched a little i hope that didn't come across. <laughs> uh i was recommended it by a friend sort of after just before peasant came out because they they felt like um it was sort of seemed to exist there were so many similarities between the album yeah. and the book um yeah. and it was like oh wow it's like it feels almost like uh i always have this <laughs> i really am wittering i apologize uh <laughs> like uh I have this feeling that you really it is possible to travel to other places when you're working on something, when you're writing or making music. And I, I had this thought, like maybe maybe we both strayed into the same zone inadvertently, but and we were just maybe in different parts of the same forest. But by the same token, uh, I certainly don't actually really put myself in the same. <laughs> the same place as Kazuo Ishiguro I'm not I'm not that uh, arrogant I am arrogant but uh, not 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 so bad I'd buy it I'd buy it I, I think <laughs> <laughs> um, can we talk about Peasant a little bit on that note sure so Peasant is a really fascinating album especially lyrically um, I feel like it could be called a concept album although I don't know how useful that term is anymore um could you tell us a bit so like for those of you who aren't familiar with Vicious work um peasant is an album which is features lots of different songs from the perspective of various individuals um in dark ages britain i guess we could say um and a lot of the language is kind of very opaque very beautiful very poetic um and yeah, it also seems very well researched. There's a lot, you know, I mean, like, I've had to look up loads of stuff you refer to because I'm even like somebody who's like a history nerd. I, half the time I've had to be like, what's he referring to? So I just kind of want to talk about how these kind of stories congealed in your head, how the, what the writing process, both sonically and lyrically, were like, and kind of how, how it all kind of, how that album came to be, I guess you could say. 
Yeah, well, the in the in the beginning, I had the envisage that the record would be like two separate albums intertwined, so you would have a part set in the uh, present times, and then this part set uh, way in the past in this so-called dark ages. Um, I think, I, uh, and but it was going to be the the songs would be set in the present time and then the part set in the past was going to be more um uh like a spoken word uh against some maybe not orchestral but some free flowing instrumental music like that so not song based and i started working on the modern songs and wrote a couple of lyrics i think um for what would later become ogre and and something else i can't remember maybe uh no i can't remember um but they were just really terrible and it just wasn't wasn't happening uh, and so i ended up switching them around thinking the so started working on the the songs being the um part set in the the uh pre medieval or post post Roman Empire times, and uh, gradually, just the the other part just kind of slipped away. There was enough going on, and I, I realised I could say everything that I wanted to get get to uh, just through the in in the set using the the kind of backdrop of of that setting of that that time period, and I, and I didn't need to reinforce it. It would have been overkill and it wouldn't have been the flow would have been much more uh, it would have been much harder to digest and not not for a good enough reason so that was kind of the beginnings of that um, and kind of just figuring out the structure of it and then, then deciding that uh, I would like it to be um, focused around the idea of uh, given roles or job profession you know and that that because that can i think we can all sort of identify a bit with that like how we um how we see ourselves as sort of bound up with our work um so i felt like a good way in to these people's lives and, and it's something graspable um for for some quite like because there's not much to grasp onto, a few catchy melodies, but but really uh, some of the things I was trying to get at are quite foggy. So wherever you can have, find a, a a grip or a foothold is you, you sort of it's useful. Um, <laughs> hope that hope that clears it up. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal clear. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, before before we um, before really, I had much music uh, written for it, the guitar part written and and vocal lines. So even even before I'd really started that, I'd, I had this thought about how the album should sound, and that it would be um, these different textures, some quite close up and some far away. Uh, I was thinking of it in terms of a painting, but basically I decided the 
sound world in advance, and a big part of that was uh, Rodri's harp and Ang Harad's violin. I mean, in particular, uh, I sort of saw... I kind of saw Rodri's harp as being almost like some shadowy character who was just always around, (laughs) but never never quite fully glimpsed but it you know was just present and then um i imagined that ang harad's violin was was really like a precipitation in its different forms from frost hoar frost on trees to to rain and sleet and drizzle and mist and fog uh and and so i felt like she was almost the landscapes were were provided by the the guitar and the chords, but that she she was almost like the weather occurring upon the landscapes, if you know what I mean. Um, and then obviously the seeing the uh, the vocal parts as being the you know the uh, depictions of the the people in kind of in the midst of all this chaos. Talking of like chaos, I mean, you, you do have this incredible ability to just write absolutely banging choruses out the middle of nowhere that I find, and easy I peasy. Like, <laughs> what's the secret? <laughs> well, you just you just keep trying until you get a good one. You got just <laughs> you know what I mean. You got to know know what's shite, but you shouldn't. I mean. I guess it's an aim of a lot of music to have a banging chorus, and that's you know it's it's not. I'm I'm not really bothered about that, but I do I love a chorus, but it has to have a, a good reason to exist. You know, um, does it does it serve the story to have a a moment like that, or even if you do have a chorus, should you undercut it somehow and. Um, you know, maybe through the lyrics or some way you play it, because a chorus is generally pretty often a, f- a dishonest thing, you know, or not not as uh, glorious as it might sound. the Id- The idea of a chorus is kind of uh, not. You don't often get choruses in life, you know. So, um, yeah. so uh, uh, but. Yeah, thank you for saying that. That I, that I had some good choruses. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'll take it because you know, rich abundance. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, well, well buried sometimes, but yeah, I, I like that kind of thing. I love melodies at the end. Like I read some um, some uh, things. I'm tr- I'm trying not to read this kind of stuff anymore. But like writings, writing reviews of the uh, the albums, saying you know, lack of tunes and stuff. And ah, it's, it's fine if, I don't even know why I'm talking about it, to be honest, but like, I don't really mind if, if somebody doesn't like the records, but I, I always have, I kind of see myself as an old fashioned melody man, you know? Is there anyone like, like other artists you look at and you're like, they've got that, you know, that's, with the, the really melodic stuff that, they're working in none none um i really love a songwriter from newcastle called nev clay who's a really good pal as well he's absolutely brilliant 
songwriter and musician and a lovely, lovely man. Um, so I really admire him and uh, there's some good good ones. There's not a lot of songwriters I really love, but there are some. I heard that um, Yakadine artist on your playlist was beautiful. Oh yeah, she's so great. So yeah, she's, she's an amazing singer as well, Claire Welford. Uh, very nice person. I don't know her too well, but uh, uh, met her th- uh, through Phil Tyler and Phil, F- Kath and Phil Tyler, an amazing duo here. Um, but yeah, Claire's, Claire's writing amazing songs. Just the Golden Plover is one of the great songs. I think it's just so beautiful. Um, I used to love like. I was really into Tom Waits for a long time and um, I still like him a lot, you know, but I, I sort of, there's things now like you, you get, you get a bit, and, I, and I'm, I don't, I'm not criticizing at all. Like there's no way in the world I'm criticizing Tom Waits, but you, you <laughs> sort of move, you know what I mean? But it's like you, you, you start to, when you're working in an area, you start to learn about what you like and also things you t- like to avoid so you start to be able to see how things are done and um it's just sometimes yeah i can i don't often you know i, w- I really won't be surprised by music and often it's, i don't know i don't there are great songwriters out there like for instance i've got that big thief album um and i was just so I was watching some videos of Adrian. I think it's Adrian Lenka, and just like fucking hell, she is one of the greats. And but it's quite quite rare that I'll come across people and think like, oh, that's something. Really, you know, I'm not like that big into some of like the canonized songwriters. I don't need to mention names, but you know, you know the ones. Um, you know, it's all just this manly fucking just like claptrap really i can't a bit like quiet macho i don't know it's i don't know cool cool dude um on that topic i mean like so you talked to me about songwriters you like but like could you talk to us a little bit about like influences and that doesn't have to be like people or books or anything but like just getting an idea about like what the constituent parts of your like writing process and your music are that yeah, I guess everything goes in, uh, so you have to be somewhat caref- careful what you read and watch, and yeah, because uh, <laughs> it's all got to come out somehow yeah. Yeah. too. Uh, but you know, people who spring to mind, I'm thinking like, uh, so, so, you know, Sun music wise, Sun Ra is very important to, to me, and. Uh, at the Elian, I have like this ho- holy trinity of music, so it's like Sun Ra, Eliane Radig, and usually I keep the third spot pretty, like, uh, f- like interchangeable. So it uh-huh. often might be Arthur Russell or um, Circle, yeah. uh, you know, maybe um, John Coltrane, uh-huh. Albert Isla, something like this. Um, so those those are the kind of like guiding lights, I guess. God, that's so dreadful. Um, <laughs> the and then I really like thinking about the 
in you know music in terms of it being uh, more like a film or a painting or a book rather than rather than uh rather than taking cues from too much music uh um so yeah i mean like i say the last year or so i've just been um absolutely immersed in thomas pynchon which has been really amazing and then like people like iris murdoch and um michael faber is completely fantastic like the two of the best books i've ever read the book of strange new things and uh, the crimson crimson petal and the white which is just unbelievable i think that's going to be right at the top of the pile he wrote uh, under the skin of course uh which the um glazer film jonathan glazer made a film of so those but then i, I like all, all i liked all kinds of books and I, I tried to read a lot of like different things fiction but like I, I, I can't read anything but fiction i just don't have i need this i need the um the um i don't know like uh the 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 journey or the um, the imagination the fact it's uh not real but real or um and then uh like films uh maybe like uh i love ghost dog oh, i was just thinking about that today amazing. it's amazing so underrated the soundtrack just came out on vinyl actually i think yeah i was gonna get it and then i missed out but i think there's another version coming um andre rublev oh, the tarkovsky amazing, amazing film yeah totally amazing like I, c- I had this thing when i watched that for the first few minutes i couldn't understand how on earth it managed to film up in the sky the balloon scenes yeah. in the first kind of five minutes and i'm going like how have they done this yeah. in the in the 1400s and then as i was like oh oh I, I, okay um that's an incredible film and then uh Tropical Malady, do you know that one? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. It's a pitch it pong where you're a Sethical, the director, and he's a, from Thailand, and uh, that is just, yeah, check that one out if you can. So just all all these things in the mix, hopefully. But uh, Would you say the northeast is like a strong part of your music or...? typographical location you're in does that does that influence you well maybe yeah i don't know if i need to reinforce it like uh i used to get asked that quite a lot when i was when i first signed with domino and put out nothing important yeah and and maybe a little bit beforehand as well with the, the glass trunk i used to get asked this question like a lot yeah oh, sorry about that i realize no it's totally cool and it's understandable but it and i would sort of go along with it at first, but then realised like, oh, I don't, I don't really know. I don't think of it like that, and I think it made me realise like there's a certain. I don't. I certainly don't mean to suggest that you're doing this, but like, definitely like some of the bigger media things uh, that you realise like being a, from the northeast is somehow some strange commodity. Like there's some yeah. exoticism yeah. to it, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> So of course it's all in the mix, but it's not something, you know, to 
overstate either. Like I like the idea that we're linked. We 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 can make a community based not on our particular geographies, but but on shared ideals. That that seems like a better way to to make a network than the one that is purely to do with um you know where you, where you are. Yeah. Um, I, I must have, uh, apologize because I realize I'm just like, blah, 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 and it's just, I haven't, yeah. It's the content we crave, Richard. It's so good. Um, well, this is my, my nightmare that I didn't eat enough before we start, and so I have no self control. Uh, although that's too much information, I suppose. All right, man. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on, and please, like, when world fingers crossed maybe i don't know who knows returns to normal do drop in for like a coffee or whatever at the shop we'd uh yeah love to love to offer you our hospitality oh yeah and yeah thank you yeah i'd love to love to see the place and uh, i'll have a look online as well and i'll maybe try and make some purchases oh, oh, what uh, a gent what a gent uh, <laughs> cool man well yeah All right, good luck for, with everything and thank you so much for coming on and yeah rock and roll Whoa, okay. Uh, that was amazing. Uh, thank you so much again to Richard for coming on. I feel uh, really privileged to have had that chat with him. And, you know, uh, we didn't talk very much because we didn't need to because the, the man who can just... Uh, he's spellbinding, really, I think, yeah. when you talk to him. It's also sickening how he has an amazing voice and he can sing the most incredible falsetto. Yeah. But he sounds amazing on radio. Yeah. So, yeah. I think he'd be quite good We're at narrating. Jealous. Yeah, I think he'd be quite good at narrating audiobooks. I know. think he, I think he could narrate the Buried Giant, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that would be so <laughs> sick. Also, we have some quite exciting news moving on for the future. Uh, we have made an announcement on our Twitters and Instagrams, but here, not quite live on the podcast, but on the podcast, we are announcing the foundation of Lantern Records from the team behind Burleyfish Books, uh, whose first release is by our very own Anthony Hurley. How are you feeling about it, And I'm super excited. I'm so stoked that we managed to finish the record in 2020 slash 21 of all the years to do it. And it sounds great uh, to my ears. And um, to have um, come up with a plan to release it um, through a Kickstarter in June which we're going to launch with the first single on the 1st of June. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super exciting. And just, yeah, to have... Because we're also crazy passionate about music mm. at the shop. Sometimes, I, would, I don't want to say more than books, but it's level <laughs> Um Yeah, I think everyone will know that, yeah, we, we love our music. So I think uh, it feels so good to have potentially a home for future Mm. releases and things that we're interested in and and what's the record called then my record's called quiet rooms yeah. and um it's an 11 track album of kind of songwriting and folk and <clears throat> various other forms of musical exploration over the past few years of being in london and um around the place as well so yeah it's a real combination i think having like heard it 
from germination through to blossoming. Yeah, um, yeah. Dan had to suffer all the demos. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll be launching a Kickstarter. So do pay attention. Um, there's talk of a special pod with the guys behind the label, and do check out at Lantern Records on Instagram uh, for more information. Uh, the cover design is phenomenal for the LP as well. So we're really yeah. excited. So watch this space. Again, in the fiction, it will be our next pod. I have been told by the boss man, Sam Fisher, that I'm not allowed to announce it here yet. But watch this space because we've got plenty more interesting guests coming up. We love you all and thanks for listening. Peace. See you in the shop. See you in the shop.